Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A jewel in the desert. A round city full of merchants, rulers, and scholars. The great minds of the Abbasid Empire. This is Figures of Baghdad. Hello, fellow travelers. Welcome to Figures of Baghdad. I'm Dina. And I'm Ali. Ali, the chaos of the anarchy in Samarra is even more intense than the War of the Two Brothers. I liked how you put it. From anarchy to civil war. And the people involved from Mustain to Kabiha and all Matas are in a lot of ways caught up by different factions. Yeah, we can see how people like Al-Mutaj try to navigate the politics of the Turkish guard only to really become victims of it. You'll see some of these guards actually in the game. We had a bit of a spoiler because we kind of know what happens to Al-Mutaz. And he has an interesting story and a really messy life. Those are my favorite. And he's Mutawakil's favorite too, probably because of his love for Kabiha. Mutawakil increasingly favors Mutaz over his eldest son, Al-Muntasir. He even makes moves to make Al-Muntaz his successor. Which is what started the anarchy in Samara. The Turkish guards sided with Al-Muntasir and assassinated the Khalif. Yeah, on that night, Al-Muntaz is actually pressured by the powerful factions backing Al-Muntasir to relinquish any claim he has on the Caliphate and to give an oath of allegiance to his brother. Now, these oaths of allegiance are incredibly important in medieval society. It's what forges the relationship between people and groups, but it doesn't seem to be enough this time. If everything had gone smoothly, that should have been the end of it. But Al-Muntasir is killed, or maybe he dies, only a couple months later though, and without an heir. So technically Al-Muntasir should be Khalif now. He was his father's favorite son, and he was a younger brother to Al-Muntasir. Right, but again the Turkish guard intervene. Instead, his cousin is appointed Khalif, Al-Mustain. So the Turkish military basically takes over succession entirely. They're deciding who gets to be Khalif. That's how powerful they've become. Because they were a separate faction built by the Khalif to be loyal to the Khalif, they end up having more direct influence and power over the Khalif. And of course, add to that the geography of Samarra. That's right, where Baghdad was a city full of all sorts, but Samarra was built as a military and administrative city. Right, and we definitely can't overlook how the military structure of Samarra lent power to the troops over the Khalif. In a lot of ways, the Khalif was at the mercy of those troops. He's quite literally surrounded by them. But which of the troops is the question? You had grand Khalifal palaces that displayed the power of the Khalif, surrounded by the military garrisons of the Turkish troops. The garrisons projected military power, but that military power now was directed at the Khalif himself. And then there were the main rivals to the Turkish Mamluks, the Shakariya, elite cavalry troops. Because in addition to the Turkish guard, there were other factions like the Anba and Khurasaniya. Let's break these down a bit more. Some of these we've heard about before, Ali. That's right. The Anba were the elite old guard who descended from the Arabs who had settled in the region. The Mamluks were the Turkish slave soldiers who came to dominate in Samarra. The Khorasanir were mounted Persian troops. And the Shakariya were an elite cavalry unit. Some of these you'll actually get a glimpse of in the game. 
That is a lot of different military factions. That's what makes the anarchy in Samara so chaotic. The Shakaria, in fact, at one point rebel on behalf of Al-Mutaz and have to be put down. They charge the honor guard of Mustain. The Khalif tries to buy them off, but it quickly gets out of hand and fighting breaks out in the streets. The losses are heavy on both sides. The position of the Khalif is a lot weaker than in the past. We have the assassination of one Khalif, the attacking of another, and chaos in the streets. Exactly. To secure his position, Mustain places his cousin Al-Mutaz under house arrest. He needs to keep him under close watch just in case he's behind the various unruly troops. So he puts him in jail. Actually, Ali, we haven't really talked much about jails until this point. It's a little tricky because there isn't exactly a prison system as we imagine it today. Long-term imprisonment is not usually sanctioned by uh, Islamic law. The only prisons that existed were usually military institutions that dealt with prisoners of war. For everyone else, detention was relatively short-term and pretty insecure. I mean, the oldest prisons of the Khalis were like literally house dwellings. That sounds very different from the prisons with bars that we see today. It doesn't sound very secure at all, actually. I think anyone could escape. They were very secure, and you're, you know, the mention of escape is bringing up a funny story for me. And during one of the early caliphates, there were two twins, and one of which was imprisoned. But because the dwellings weren't particularly secure, they would switch spots so that they could have a weekend off, literally pulling off the old twin switcheroo. Weekends off, that's actually really funny. It sounds like something straight out of a TV show. So when the records say the Khalif was imprisoned, they don't actually mean a prison system with bars or gates, something else, basically. <laughs> it's more akin to a type of house arrest. Still probably unpleasant, though, but Al-Mutaz was placed in this type of house arrest and likely kept in one of the palaces in Samara. Mortez's fortunes really fluctuate from the favorite son of his father to being imprisoned by his own cousin. Talk about bad luck. And we've got another twist to his story because along comes Abu Mashir. The famous astrologer. I remember you reading one of his horoscopes for my star sign. That's right. Our boy, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Apparently, Abu Mashir had gotten in trouble with Al-Musta'in, which is, you know, typical of Abu Mashir. At one time, the Khalif asks him for the prediction of a particular event. And Abu Mashir does so. But the outcome is unfavorable to the Khalif. And that pisses him off a little bit. But worse, the prediction comes true. So now... Not only is it unfavorable, but Abu Mashir is right. So what does Al-Musta'in do? He has him flogged. To which Abu Mashir responds quite humorously, I hit the mark, so got hit. I'm really starting to like Abu Mashir. He has such a mischievous personality and he's so quotable. From his troubles in the Fundot back in season one to his problems with the Khalif. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. So he was down on his luck because he had gotten flogged by Al-Musta'in. So he took a gamble, a big one. He cast a horoscope on a napkin and predicted that Multaz would be elevated to the Caliphate eventually. Then, in the dead of the night, he secretly passes that napkin to the imprisoned Mutaz through a window, telling him, be patient, you will be Khalif soon. And sure enough, Mutaz does eventually ascend to the Caliphate. 
Abu Machar coming through again. I bet it must have been a huge relief from Wataz to receive that type of news. And of course, that helps Abu Machar too. He'd be back in favor with the new caliph. Exactly. Mutaz appoints Abu Machar to the position of court astrologer and gives him a handsome reward. But Mutaz's turn of fortune is not really an easy one. In 865 CE, Mustain takes his supporters to Baghdad, having increasingly lost control of some of the Turkish soldiers in Samarra. The anarchy forces him to leave his military city, so he goes to Baghdad. Back to the old capital, hoping to gather with his supporters there. With Al-Mustain gone, the remaining troops free Al-Mutaz and name him Khalif, just as Abu Mashir predicted. Okay, let's recap this again. So he goes from favorite son, to passed over for succession, to imprisoned, and now Khalif. But a caliph facing a civil war. And we know from the life of Kabiha what happens. With his new position, he lays siege to Baghdad, and thanks to his mother, Kabiha, he's able to force Mustain to relinquish his claim to the caliphate. Yeah, but by that time, the damage had been done. Even though the civil war really only lasted a year, a lot shorter, in fact, than the War of the Two Brothers, it was devastating. We heard about the damage to the city. The once glorious round city was scarred by war. Broken roads, damaged canals and destroyed buildings. The damage was devastating, Dina. We have historians at the time mentioning how long it took to rebuild the city. Even the great mosque was damaged. And of course, the political situation would continue to deteriorate as well. Despite winning the civil war, Mutaz would be the next victim of the anarchy in Samara. Navigating politics was tricky enough, but having to balance the loyalties of the different military factions is even more fraught. The addition of the Turkish troops that were initially loyal directly to the Khalif, but who became a power block of their own, meant now the Khalif had to manage their interests too. In other words, the Khalif's own guards had to be managed carefully. And Mutaz really tries that. He slowly replaced the heads of the various Turkish troops, Bugha, Wasef al-Turki and others, consolidating his power, trying to manage the different factions. But he's unable to pay off the troops who had lifted him up to the caliphate. The anarchy in Samara plus a year-long civil war would have depleted the treasury for sure. The money it takes to buy off troops, to mobilize a war, and then the funds needed to rebuild would be incredibly costly. I also imagine if the Khalif's position is weak, then it's hard to bring in further revenue from the territories. He's trying to manage the unruliness of Samara and Baghdad, which leaves little time for anything else. Too true, Dina. That becomes his undoing, really. He tries to sideline the powerful Tahirid family in Baghdad. We'll actually talk about them next. And eventually the son of Wasif, Saleh, comes to power. That's when they demand their payment and Al-Mu'taz has to turn to his mother, who for whatever reason ends up abandoning her son. And once she doesn't pay, he's imprisoned and dies in 869 at the hands of the very troops that put him in power in the first place. He ruled for roughly three years. I mean, this time the troops take great pains to demonstrate they didn't directly kill him. They put his body and white cloak on display to his family to show that it was not stained with blood like in the case of Al-Mutawakil. But the reality is that they likely abused him in prison and he died of either thirst or their brutality. Yet another caliph killed. How many caliphs come into power and fall during the anarchy in Samar Ali? 
Well, from Mutawakil you have Al-Muntasir and Al-Musta'in, Al-Mutaz, and then there's Al-Muhtadi, who only really rules for about a year, and then finally Al-Mutamid, who along with his brother puts an end to the anarchy in Samarra. So in total, we're looking at like five or so Khalifs who are die or are murdered by one faction or another. Gosh, that really highlights how badly things have changed. The Abbasid Caliphate, now with two capitals, was more divided than ever. Yeah, too true. Al-Mut'awid would really stabilize the empire again. But you're absolutely right. The politics were just so different now. The Abbasid dynasty was fractured. And though they would continue to be a powerful force for several more centuries, in fact, to the 13th century, the politics would be fraught. This was their new reality. Baghdad would continue to be intellectually, culturally, and even politically important, but the power of the Khalif himself was waning. The empire remained strong for centuries still, but something had changed. Mu'taz's changing fortunes from favorite son to passed over to imprisoned to Khalif to betrayed by his own troops highlight the changing fortunes of the empire itself. Khalifs were now being appointed by the very guards they brought in to protect them. They had become just another player in the game of politics rather than THE player. And the chaos doesn't end with anarchy in Samara. Stay tuned for the seeds of rebellion. Thank you all for coming along. I'm Dina. And I'm Ali. This is a Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Be sure to subscribe to the Echoes of History podcast so that you don't miss the next episode of Figures of Baghdad. See you next time, fellow travelers.